know if uh, maybe it is some of you are, are like I am. That last song is one that I remember we used to sing that all the time. And when I was growing up, that was one of the favorites. That was one of the ones that all the song leaders knew. It's 99 in our book. I remember that. Um, of course, I have that book memorized. But uh, aside from that, that's one of my favorite songs. I love that song. What church? What church? Science Hill. Science Hill. I was growing up at Science Tiltonia Hill. We had the church gospel songs and hymns songbook for Tiltonia a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the song leaders knew it, and they always sang it. It's a good song. All right, our lesson for our series, uh, well, our series begins today, a new series, and it's actually going to include the lesson that we have as our theme for our open house. And uh, I tried to tie all this in together. Uh, I like doing the month-long series. I found that that's uh, something that, that is, makes it easier for me to pick out lessons for sometimes. Um, but anyway, our series for this month is Aspiring for Spiritual Greatness. Aspiring for Spiritual Greatness. And all the lessons that are going to go on this month, on Sunday mornings, are going to be something of great or greatest magnitude. Our lesson for today, for instance, is on the greatness of humility. And the last lesson is going to be on the greatest command. We're going to look at uh, other things that, that have great importance as far as our Christianity is concerned. But we're going to begin today with the greatness of humility. Humility. Humility is, by definition, a modest or low view of one's own importance. In other words, humbleness. Merriam-Webster defines it this way, freedom from pride or arrogance, the quality or state of being humble. The Bible teaches us the importance of being humble. There are people that I know that are very far from humble. We are taught as Christians to be humble. On at least two separate occasions, Jesus Himself taught lessons on humility. We find one of those in the, the parable of the guest that was invited to a feast. In Luke 14, verses 7 through 11. We'll look at these in a moment. We see it in teaching His disciples of greatness, uh, using the example of a child to show them greatness in the kingdom. Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5. And there are many other sayings and teachings that we can find throughout Scripture. And we'll look at a few of those today. Our lesson objectives for this morning are, number one, to learn what it means to be humble. And secondly, to practice humility in everyday life. We need to learn humility in how we live. And how we set an example for other people. We need to have humility in our lives. 
We begin with Jesus' teachings on humility. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And we'll look at verses 7 through 11. And here we find the parable of the guests at the wedding feast. Jesus is, as a matter of fact, within one of these special dinners. And so he's telling them how they should how they should act. They, he t- tells them what their conduct should be in regard to these type of, types of special occasions that they participate in. Luke 14 and verse 7. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more, one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Looking at the context of the parable, we read, in verses 1 through 6, what leads up to this parable being taught. Now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. It may have been for that very purpose that they invited him to this feast. They watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. Jesus was in the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees. We don't know exactly how important this Pharisee was, but he was of some importance. He was speaking to lawyers as well as the Pharisees, men of high importance in regard to society. A man came to him with dropsy, a less technical term for edema, which physically causes excess fluid buildup and swelling in the legs, feet, and or hands. It is caused by disease of the heart, liver, or kidneys, primarily from salt retention that keeps the fluid in the body. I'm not a doctor, but that's what I found. Jesus taught humility. To those who looked down on him for performing 
such a miracle on the Sabbath. There were those people that looked down upon him because of what he did on that occasion. The Pharisees and those of great importance in regard to society often held feasts as a form of courtesy to their contemporaries. And on this occasion, Jesus was invited. Maybe that very cause for them to see how he observed the customs of the day. This parable is one of three that were directed at this audience. Jesus taught them in this parable not to seek the places of most importance but the lowest places at the feet. Again, these are, are men of, of high society, if you will, of great importance. And Jesus is speaking to them and He's saying, don't look at yourselves as important. Don't see yourselves as important, but act in humility. Take the lowest seat so that you can move up. And it wasn't for the purpose of them being glorified and being moved up. What Jesus was talking about here was not for the honor of glorification by any means. I don't believe that. But I, I believe Jesus is speaking to them and telling them to take the lowest places out of pure and honest humility. Those who were invited to come to a higher place at the feast would be exalted. They would be honored by such an invitation from the master of the feast. Jesus taught these men of high society the importance and the greatness of humility. On another occasion, Jesus taught His disciples about humility. In Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5, Matthew 18 and beginning with verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to Him set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Children are a great blessing. Children are a great blessing to us. And they're an example to us. And Jesus, using the example of a child, taught His disciples humility. Why? 
Why would he choose a child as an example? Uh, what kind of an example are they exactly? Something that I've learned, uh, especially uh, over the last year or so in working with preschool, and something that I've really known for a long time, but I, I see it up close when I work with those children. One of the things that we can learn from children is that they do not see themselves as greater than parents or adults. Now one thing that you'll notice with children, they may not like you particularly, especially in a moment where they're being disciplined. They may not like you necessarily. But they'll listen to what you have to say. Uh, unless they're just especially rebellious, they'll listen to what you have to say as an adult. And whatever you say will go. Children do not see themselves as greater than adults. They understand that adults are their authority. And they submit themselves to that authority. To the authority of those who care for them. And in that same regard, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, Don't exalt yourselves over anyone above what they are or deserve. You're not greater than anyone. And even the apostles, especially the apostles, as we look at the example that they set and everything that they were commissioned to do, they were to, to go after Jesus and, and present the gospel to carry on the Great Commission, to spread the gospel throughout the world, baptizing people, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. They were commissioned especially to carry the gospel to those who hadn't learned it. And we follow their authority today in the New Testament. We, we see their letters, we read them, we study them, and we apply them to our lives. We see their authority. But Jesus taught them the example of humility. He said, do not place yourself above anyone. Be a servant. The question according to Mark 9 and verse 33 was not even uttered because of the disciples' shame. They'd even disputed it in the first place. Almost as, as an heir discusses their inheritance before the death of the benefactor. They were ashamed of what they had, had disputed among themselves. Maybe ashamed that Jesus knew what they were disputing. You see, whenever the disciples looked at the kingdom of heaven, they saw ranks and offices within the kingdom. And they wondered which ranks and offices would be theirs. But Jesus instead taught them that humility would grant them entrance and exalt them in the kingdom of heaven. See, even to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must be humble. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who humbles himself before God. 
There are other teachings that we find in Scripture about humility. One of those is found in James chapter 4 and verse 6. James chapter 4 beginning with verse 6, the latter part of verse 6. He says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is a quote from Proverbs 3 and verse 34 in which it says, Surely he scorns the scornful but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. We've been singing songs about drawing nearer to God. Nearer, still nearer. I am thine, O Lord. Draw me nearer to thee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Those who resist the temptations and pleasures of the world, are those who humble themselves in the service of God. Those who humble themselves as servants of God will be lifted up by Him. Proverbs 29 and verse 23, A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. The quote that we used a moment ago from Proverbs 3 and verse 34 is also found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, in His time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. We are to be submissive to those older and wiser as those who lead us, and we are to be submissive to God. Almighty God, We are to submit ourselves into His care. Psalm 25 verses 8 through 10 says, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore He teaches sinners in the way. The humble He guides in justice, and the humble He teaches His way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep His covenant and His testimonies. The humble he guides in justice. And the humble he teaches his way. See, if we're too proud to recognize God as mighty and recognize Him as authority, He cannot teach us. We cannot be proud and be taught by God because we're exalting ourselves above Him. We can't do that. 
but those who humble themselves under His care and under His guidance can be led in His way. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. And what I do, whatever I be, by His hand He leadeth me. I think that's the order of those words. But we cannot be led by God until we humble ourselves before Him. We have to learn humility. We learn humility from Scripture. We learn it from Jesus. We learn it from other teachings. The, the things that His disciples were taught, they shared with us. And so we learn humility in Scripture. We learn the greatness of humility in Scripture. Until we humble ourselves, we cannot be exalted. We cannot be seen as great in God's eyes until we humble ourselves. And it's up to us as, as Christians to learn this lesson. And not only that, but we need to keep ourselves humble. Constantly remind yourself that greatness is humility. Now, there are things within our lives that we can use to help us remember the lesson that we have learned today. Look at your own life and notice these things that can help us remember to be humble. First of all, the frailty of man and the frailty of life. Though man is the crown of creation, if you will, it takes very little to destroy the human body. An injury to the heart of the brain can be fatal. A foreign substance or too much of a particular medication and our lives are gone. As I used to say a whole lot more often than I do now, I could walk out here and get hit by a bus. Marissa likes that one. That's one of her favorites. Life will be gone, right? And knowing that life could end at any moment should keep us humble. You know, we, we have the, the intelligence that is so great. It's greater than, than any animal or any other creature that God ever created. But even our intelligence cannot keep us from dying. And eventually we will. We will die. There's nothing that you can do to stop aging and to stop you from dying. It's going to happen to all of us. And that should keep us humble. The important thing for us to remember as Christians is that we must place ourselves always in God's command and in His control so that our souls can be kept from danger. So that our souls can be kept from evil and from sin, those things that separate us from God. Remembering that we're going to die one day. 
No matter what we do, no matter how we try to counteract the, the signs of aging and, and the things that come along with it, there's nothing that we can do to stop dying. And that should keep us humble. I mentioned a moment ago our intelligence as human beings. Our level of knowledge, or rather the lack thereof, should keep us humble. Even the greatest of scholars, and what is a scholar, by the way? It sounds like a very important word, but it means someone who is learning, someone who is studying, someone who is acquiring knowledge. And even the greatest of scholars are humbled to admit that they don't know everything. How many of you know everything? I don't. And nobody can say that they know everything. There's much more that we don't have knowledge of than what we do. Whenever I look at the universe especially, there are so many things that even scientists have studied it all of their lives. There's an area out there in the universe that they have no knowledge of. There are planets that we're still learning about, stars that we're still learning about. And every time we learn of one more, it just shows that there's so much more to be learned. I, I find it in the study of the Scripture. Whenever I study the Bible, every time I study, there's so much more that I haven't learned. Even over the, the last 10 years or so that, that I have, have devoted a great deal of time to studying the Bible, there's a whole lot more in the Bible that I don't know about. Even when we study in our classes, even when I'm teaching a class, there are things that I learn from our discussions that I didn't know before. Our level of knowledge should keep us humble, knowing that we don't know everything. I hope that I'm learning until I die. Our lack of crowning achievements should keep us humble. Is there anything that you have done in your life that 40, 50, 60 years from now will be remembered? That the people will remember your name because you did this or that and they remembered that that many years later. Or a hundred years later. The, whenever those that we know and are close to have all passed on from this life, is there anything that you will be remembered by? Not me. Probably not. There is nothing that we can do that is so significant that our achievements will be remembered. Uh, unless you're the first president, such as George Washington, or maybe the second or the third, and usually after that, that's when I start to, to mix up their numbers and forget who they are. Very seldom does anybody find celebrity outside of a hundred years or more. And that alone should keep us humble. 
I'm not saying that that makes you of any less importance to God. It doesn't. But our lack of crowning achievements should keep us humble. Recognizing what little has been done or will be done or accomplished in our lifetime, that should keep us humble. And our lack of goodness should keep us humble also. It is easy to compare ourselves to evil, believing that we must be good. Well, in comparison to that guy, I'm a saint. We often do that. We often look at someone and compare ourselves to them and and think, well, we must be better than they are because you fill in the blank. You've done it. You've done it. I've done it too. Our goal is always be more like Jesus. Don't compare yourself to, to John Doe over here. Compare yourself to Jesus and realize that you have not met the standard of perfection that Jesus set in this life. Our goal is to be more like Jesus, to hold ourselves to the highest standard possible and always reach for that goal. Never settle for less. We have one of our kids in, in our preschool, in our class, and she, she's the most difficult that we have in our class. We have one that, that's really difficult. And one of the things that, that we have, we have a behavior chart, and we move them up this behavior chart. You can go three spaces higher, or you can go three spaces lower from the middle ground. And one of the things that we have had the most difficult time is getting her to reach for the highest level on that behavior chart. She'll say, I want to be on yellow, or I want to be on orange, or I want to be on red. And, and her dad told her once, and, and it's a good lesson for us. He said, don't, don't reach for the lowest. Don't ever settle. Never settle. Always reach for that highest goal. And each day we try to remind her to reach for that highest goal. Friday she finally reached it. And Tuesday will probably be starting over. But she finally reached that highest goal. Never settled for less. You know, Peter, he realized that in comparison to Christ, he didn't quite make the mark. We found this in one of our lessons on Wednesday night. And in Luke chapter 5 and verse 8, when Simon Peter saw what Jesus had done, it was in the, the miracle of, of bringing in the the, the many fish, so many that the boats were sinking and the nets were breaking. And Peter, seeing what Jesus was able to do, he realized where he stood in comparison to Jesus. And he fell down at Jesus' knees because he couldn't get to his feet. Because there were so many fish. Is what we determined. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He realized that in comparison to Jesus... He didn't make the mark. 
we have to realize that in comparison to Jesus, we are not reaching the mark that we need to reach. And we will not reach that mark until our lives are over. Because we're constantly making mistakes. We're constantly doing things that we shouldn't do. And in comparison to Jesus, we're not making the mark. That should keep us humble. We're not making the mark. What we learn in Scripture is that even though we're not reaching that highest mark, we're not reaching that level of perfection that we as Christians need to reach, Jesus helps us to get there. You see, Jesus died on the cross. He loved you so much that He died on the cross to save you from your sins. And because He died on that cross, because He shed His blood, and because that blood can cover us, we can reach that level of perfection. We can't do it alone. We cannot do it without Jesus, but we can reach that level if we trust in Him. If we humble ourselves before Him, then we are exalted. Then we are saved. Then we can reach the kingdom of heaven that the disciples disputed about their greatness in. It's all about humility. Humble yourselves before God and He will lift you up. You cannot lift yourself up, but He can lift you up. Now what have you done? What have you done that is so great that you don't need Jesus? We're not saved by our works. We're saved by, by the blood of Christ. Have you been covered by that blood? Now there are some things that you need to do, but it's not through your works of merit that you earn salvation. You receive salvation because you've been obedient to Christ. Become a Christian. Believe. Repent. Confess Christ. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. Not only that, but continue in faithfulness. Live a faithful life. Never settle. Always remain humble. Knowing what God has done for you and for me. Knowing His sacrifice He gave on that cross for us. Be humbled. And rise above. I don't know where you stand as a Christian. Maybe you've not become a Christian. You need to come in obedience. We can help you with that. Maybe you've not remained faithful. You need strength or prayer on your behalf. We can help you with that. But if you're not what you need to be, because you've not humbled yourself before God, before Christ, let us help you. Let's together we stand and as we sing.